Hey everyone, welcome to the Activate Podcast. My name is Jillian Pelkey, and I'm super glad that you've tuned in to listen today. If you'd like to hear past episodes, you can check it out on soundcloud.com or on iTunes. Search Jillian Pelkey Activate. Uh, Today we are going to be looking at what it means to be a Christian woman, and uh, let's go to God in prayer, and let's dive right into uh, what the Lord has for us today. Will you bow your hearts with me? God, We are so mindful of your plan for us. God, we're so mindful that you have a design for each person on the planet. God, we're so mindful of you in our lives. And Lord, I pray that you would open up our understanding. Give us wisdom, God, to hear you, to hear your still, small voice. In Jesus' name, amen. A while ago, the Lord really laid on my heart a bunch of uh, things to preach on during these podcasts, and I've been avoiding this one like crazy because it's it's hard to define. You know, what does it mean to be a Christian woman? And uh, here's what I've got: What does it mean to be a Christian woman? A lot of times, the thing that will keep young women from coming to to know Jesus is the idea of the way that the church treats women or looks at women as less than men or less than other people that looks at women as secondary citizens. And that's just not how God looks at us. That's just not how the Bible portrays it. It is a social thing that we have constructed in our church services, but it's not biblical at all. And it's not a godly practice because uh, God so clearly lays out that men and women are both equally uh, acceptable before him, equally loved by him, have equal opportunities to lead. He shows us examples through the Old Testament and the New Testament. Not only does God tell us it in his word, Jesus shows it in his actions. And Jesus did far more for women uh, than any other person in history. He was way ahead of his time in how he discipled and taught and um, gave attention to women. And then Paul uh, champions women. If you read the end of Romans and how he lists the leaders that are women and how he uh, calls them out by name again and again, giving a nod almost to the women who are in ministry alongside of him working for the sake of the gospel. And so there's a big hangup, I think. There's one young woman that uh, we were ministering to and her big hang up for coming into the church. She goes, I can't be a Christian because of how they treat women in the church. And we were able to to show her that that's not what, what God's plan is. And it helped her to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, taking that barrier away. But I want to talk today, what does it mean to be a Christian woman? And I'm not going to get into how the church should act or how the church should respond. I want to talk on a personal level on how you should respond to God's calling on your life. And uh, I am not preaching today to a room full of church leaders or denominational leaders. I'm preaching to you, and I want you to hear what it means to be a Christian woman. If you are a, um, a man who is listening, I want you to hear what it means to be a Christian woman. If you're a woman listening today, I want you to hear what does it mean to be a Christian woman. Let's start in Romans chapter 9, or chapter 12, verse 9. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourself. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor, serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with God's people who are in need and practice hospitality. That's what it means to be a Christian woman. 
I wish I could turn this off right now. We could end there and we could all go and do those things. We could go and practice hospitality. We could go and actually help people who are in need. But it needs so much more explanation because we have so many caveats. We have so many things that take away from that. We have so many questions. We have so many reasons why we can't, excuses why we won't. But to be a Christian woman is to live out our faith. To be a Christian woman means to have an anchor that's Jesus in our hearts. That No matter what comes our way, no matter what situations we face, we say, but I trust God. I was talking to a woman today who has trouble seeing and trouble with her eyes. And uh, she had prayed and fasted that when she went to go see this evangelist, that he would pray for her and her eyes would be healed. And she had prayed and fasted, got up to him. And the evangelist looks at her and he says, God's not, plan is not to heal your eyes today. And she was so mad. She was so, so upset. But she went home and spent time wrestling with God and came to the conclusion that God, if you heal me, praise God. Praise, praise God. But God, if you don't heal me, I will praise you and praise you and praise you. That my life for you is not dependent on my healing. My life for you is not dependent on the things that I have or my bank account. I have an anchor for my soul, and it's Jesus. And no matter what comes my way, no matter who walks through my door or walks out of my door, no matter what happens to my body, no matter what happens to my life, God, I will serve you all the days of my life. I have an anchor for my soul, and nothing, nothing will change that. That is what it means to be a Christian woman. To be a Christian woman says, on my good days, I'm going to serve him. And on my bad days, I'm going to serve him just the same. And there won't ever be a lack of hope because I have Jesus Christ. My hope is not based on my church experience on a Sunday. My hope is not based on the friends that come in and out of my life. My hope is not based on the, the paycheck that I get. But my hope is founded and based and set upon a rock that does not move. And that's Jesus Christ. So to be a Christian woman is to be grounded in faith. But then my Christian faith as a woman is to go and to do the things that God has called me to do. If we look in Romans 12, there's our motto, there's our thing, there's our, 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 our marching orders. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor. Serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope. Patient in affliction. Faithful in prayer. Share with God's people who are in need. And practice hospitality. We don't need anything else besides these marching orders right here. God, to go and to do the things that you've called me to do. The book of James has destroyed me in the last couple of weeks. I look at the book of James and I look at how it just tears apart our religiosity. It tears apart the things that we do for show. It just wipes them away and says they're worthless. And when I look at the book of James, it says in the message version, to have faith without doing anything about it. It's like having a corpse without a head. It's having a body and a head separated. It's death. You have to have one and the other. The book of James tells us we can talk all day about our belief in God. That God is real. Even the demons do that and shudder. Oh, so it's not just enough to believe in God, to sit around and talk about God. It's not enough to just sit around and sing about God. It's not enough just to go to church. It's about doing the things that God has called us to do. And friend, God wants to talk to you. God has a plan for your life. In Proverbs 16, 9, it says, we can make our plans, but God determines our steps. He has a purpose for you today. This month, this year, he has a plan for you this year. And as a Christian woman, if we're not doing something, 
then we're just talking. And if we can't think of what to do, then work on loving people. If we can't think of what to do, if we're not hearing anything from the Lord, reflect on Romans chapter 12, 9, verse 18, and start doing the things that it says right there. Practice hospitality. If you can't think of another thing to do, invite someone over to your house for dinner. If you can't invite them over for dinner, take them out. If you can't afford to take them out, go for a walk with someone. Come alongside someone. Text someone and encourage them. Take the step out of yourself to text another person and say, I'm praying for you. I love you. You can do this. God is with you. Encourage someone today. That is what it is to be a Christian woman. It's to go and to do the things that God has called us to do. We're going to take a look in Hebrews chapter 13, verses 1. Hebrews 13, 1. Keep on loving each other. Do not forget to entertain strangers. So by doing so, people have entertained angels without knowing it. Remember those in prison as if they were your fel- as if you were their fellow prisoners and those who are mistreated as if they were yourselves. As if it was you that was suffering. To be a Christian woman is to do that. To remember those in need. To minister to those who are suffering. Remember those who are in jail. I'm going to ask you a couple questions, Christian friends. Do you know anyone who's homeless? Do you know anyone who's in prison? Do you know anyone who's discouraged? I'm afraid. I'm so afraid. That there are so many Christians that don't know a homeless person. There's so many Christians that don't know a person in prison. There's so many Christians that don't know those that are in need. They only know themselves. We're wallowing in our own issues and our own anxieties and our own problems. And the Bible teaches us to go and get out of our problems. Go and help somebody else. Mother Teresa says it's in serving that we find the greatest gifts for ourselves. The more it costs us, the more beautiful it is, Mother Teresa says. The more it costs us, the more beautiful of an offering it is to the Lord. To be a Christian woman is to go and do the thing that God's asked you to do. To know homeless people, to know the people that are in need, to step out of ourselves and know other people's business and be able to help them. And it's not a financial help. It's being there. The light shines brightest in the darkness. And if we're not in dark places, our light is not shining very bright. Then we start complaining about things like so-and-so didn't sit by me or the pastor didn't say hi to me. The gospel is dangerous. The gospel is on fire. The gospel is life. The gospel has power. And we're stuffing it in a box on a Sunday morning and complaining about silly things when there are people who are not only dying and going to hell, but people sleeping on the streets just miles from where you live. I guarantee you could find a person sleeping on the street tonight and you're sitting in our homes and we're sitting in our churches complaining and having meetings and yet there are people who are in need right down the street and we are ignoring the gospel and we're becoming religious. We're caring about how many songs are sung in a, in a worship set. I want to start caring about how many homeless people are sitting in the pews. I want to care about how many people are in prison that we're ministering to, the forgotten, the lonely. They're here in America. They're here down the street. They're not just overseas. They're here. To be a Christian woman is to be a person of action. To be a Christian woman is to be a person of action. A person who follows through and does the thing that God has called her to do. 
And spoiler alert, it's the exact same commands for men. There's no difference. There's no difference. We think that as women, we're so held back. No, if you begin to get on your knees and and to find yourself before the Lord, he will open doors. The Bible says that no man can open and that no man can close. God will open a door for you to do the work that he has called you to do. There is nothing that can stop our God. There is plenty that can stop us in our own human nature and our own human desires, but there is nothing that can stop God. And his love is so big. His love is so fiery. His love is so alive. And God wants you to take that love and to spread it across your town. This is your tribe. This is your people. You speak the language of your people. You live where you live on purpose. The homeless people in your town are your responsibility. They are more your responsibility than they are the responsibility of social services. They are more your responsibility than anybody than any other religion. It's not for the Buddhist people to take care of the homeless. It's not for the Islamic people to take care of the homeless. It's for the Christian. It is a gift to us to be able to help other people. It's life to us. It's we bring light into darkness. But if we get so shut up in our churches and so shut up within our own little circles that we don't reach out and we don't go, then our problems start swirling into our own little worlds. And so I was praying last week for Sunday service. The Lord put something on my heart that I want to share with you. He said, it is so easy for Christians to begrudge the gifts that I've given them. And I began to ponder that and think on that. God, have I taken for granted all the things that you've given? The things that you've abundantly lavished on me. The things that you've abundantly lavished on my church, on my family, on my kids, on my home, and my cars. One day, God, I will stand before you. And I'm not going to give an account for all the things that are in my attic and all the things that are in my basement. God, you're going to ask me what I gave away. You're going to ask what I did with the things that you've given me. The book of James tells us what religion is. True religion is to uh, help the orphan to be with those who are in despair. shows us that true religion isn't favoritism over rich people. James tells us that our, our celebrity desires, to be a celebrity is so fleeting. To be uh, the center of attention, it's here today, gone tomorrow. But what lasts is compassion and care for other people. James chapter 2, verse 5 says, Listen, has not God chosen those who are poor in the eyes of the world to be rich in faith? And to inherit the kingdom he promised. I was in kids' church the other day, and a little girl raised her hand and she said, You know, in Africa, and she's gonna school me in Africa, which is so funny. Um, she didn't know that I had been to Africa or that um, I love Liberia, but she says, You know, did you know that in Africa, they don't have a lot of things, but they love God so much more than we do? It was such a beautiful, humble reminder. Yeah. The people in Africa are blessed because they don't have all the things that we have, but they have Jesus. Jesus gets pushed to the back 
because we are so busy taking care of our things, managing our things, doing our jobs, that we don't see people. I love how Mother Teresa says that she wanted to look at each person, every single human, as if they, that other human, was Jesus Christ himself, which seems rather odd until you start to practice it. Could you imagine looking at every other person as if they are Jesus and serving that person? Living out your faith with action, with deeds, with good works. Looking at another person saying, this other person, I'm going to treat them like I would treat Jesus. And the next person, I'm going to treat them like I would treat Jesus. And the person after that, I'm going to treat them as I would treat Jesus. Because we are all God's children. We are all God's creation. God's not going to check our church attendance. God's going to check our hearts. So important to read the Bible with the backdrop of humanity. It's so easy to read the Bible in my bedroom with my four walls and my pillows and my bed and my closet full of clothes and my bathroom right off the bedroom. It's so easy to read the Bible in there and say, yes, yes, this is all good. It's so easy to talk about theology and opinions. But to read the Bible with the backdrop of actual humanity, it means action. The Bible should disturb us. The Bible should wake us up in the middle of the night saying, what are you doing for God's people? The Bible should challenge us to not stay the same. This adventure of Christianity, I can't get a grip on it. I can't just put it in a box. I wish I could put it on autopilot. I wish I was on cruise control. But every week and every month, God begins to reveal things to me and give me plans and give me purposes. Introducing me to homeless people. Introducing me to people who are hurting. And I have a choice. I can very easily walk the other way and no one would know. I can very easily ignore the issues around me. Every single person listening to this podcast knows that there are starving people in the world. We all know that there are people who are literally starving to death today. We know this. God help us to help them. When we help other people, it helps us just as much. Because it works out our selfishness. It works out our pride. It works out our schedules. It works out everything. I'm afraid that we're on autopilot. I'm afraid that we're reading our Bibles in our cozy little homes and we're not going out to seek and save the lost. I want to challenge you this week. To get into a city and just sit on the street with your Bible. Not in the street, but on a sidewalk on the street. Sit on a busy street and watch people walk by. Watch a bus stop for a little while. We were saying the other day, wouldn't it be interesting to put a camera at at a bus stop in downtown Utica and to hear the, the conversations and to see who steps in and steps out? God's people. Hurting, lost, going nowhere. The amazing thing is that there are people that just really want to hear the gospel and we're not telling them. We're not even giving them rides to church. 
We're too busy getting to church ourselves. We're too caught up in our own issues. We've got to stop and get our coffee on the way. We can't pick up somebody. James has broken my heart. The book of James has broken my heart in the last few weeks. So much so where I've been saying it's so much easier. I want to just give up instead of even to begin to unpack how religious I am. But I'm willing to be broken again. I'm willing to say, okay, God, break me one more time. Break me open again. And by, by that, I mean, God, show me where I've built my own kingdom. God, show me where I've constructed my own ways of doing things that are not your ways. God, show me where I can be less religious and more Christian, more of a Christ follower. God, where can I die a little bit more to myself to become more like you? I hope the gospel wakes you up this week. I hope you can't sleep. I hope that you're, you're burdened with the lost. I hope you're burdened with the world around you. Because this gospel can bring life. But this gospel in your hands is nothing unless you act on it. James says it's like a corpse. It's like a body separated from a head. Our faith has to have action. And so uh, this podcast is named How to Be a Christian Woman. Spoiler alert, it's the same for men. And there should be no hang-up. There's no hang-up for us as women. It's to do the work of the ministry. The work of the ministry doesn't happen on the platform as much as it happens on the street. The work of the ministry doesn't happen with a microphone as much as it happens in a conversation with somebody else. And I pray that the the doors are swung wide open for women in all levels of leadership, but I also know that the work is there. There's not a lack of people to minister. There's not a lack of people that need compassion. And to be a person called by God is to be a person of action. It doesn't matter what title you have or what degree that, that people could give you or congratulations that they can give you. What matters is that you listen to the voice of God and you go and do the thing that he has called you to do and he will open every door for you. To be a Christian woman is to just be a Christian. To be a Christian woman is to to show hospitality, to help those that are hurting, to go to those who are in prison, to uh, be a friend to someone who's lonely. To be a Christian is to have an anchor for your soul. That's Jesus, that nothing will shake you. That you will follow him all the days of your life in good times and in bad times. And no matter what he says to do, you'll do it. I want to challenge you to read the gospel this week, to take your Bible and go sit on a city street and and read it with the backdrop of people behind it. And then begin to do the work of the ministry. What equips you to do the work of the ministry is the word of God and the spirit of God. So I'm going to pray, and I'm going to pray over you that the Holy Spirit would fill you up to go and do things, that the Holy Spirit would give you wisdom, that the Holy Spirit would nudge your heart, that things would get dangerous for you. I gave a homeless woman my phone number, and she's been incessantly calling me. You know what? It's okay. I'm not going to go hand my phone number out to every person, but when God says to do it, I'm going to do it. We have this treasure in earthen vessels. We have this treasure of the gospel. Mother Teresa says, she's a pencil in the hands of God. 
but he's the one writing the story. Are you useful to God? Are you a tool in God's hands that he can use? Here I am, God, send me to my neighbor, to my city, to my town, to people outside of my church. Here I am, God, send me. Let's pray. God, I pray for every woman and every man that's listening. God, I pray that you would spark our hearts. God, I pray that you would start a forest fire in our hearts that would burn so brightly that we would be on fire, so to speak, with the the knowledge of the spirit of truth, the, the knowledge of the gospel, of the good news of Jesus, the forgiveness of sin, the promise of eternal life, that God, it would set us ablaze. God, I pray that we would burn so brightly that God, we would be a light in our cities and our towns, in our schools, in, in everywhere that we go. God, I pray that you would open our ears to hear your spirit. Holy Spirit, speak to your people. God, send us on mission. Send us on mission to people. Send us on mission in the grocery store. But God, send us out of our way, places we don't normally go. God, I pray that you would send Christian women and Christian men into the four corners of the earth. God, send us. Send us all the way across the ocean, but God, send us to our towns. Help us to hear your voice. Help us to be quick to obey. God, fill us with your Holy Spirit. Fill us with the power of your spirit to go and to do the works of the ministry so that God all would know your love. Help us to shine in the darkness. God, we need your spirit in order to do that. God, I pray that you would continually just break us down. God, you are the potter. We're the clay. Form us. God, you're the author and we're the pencil. God, use us. God, I pray that you would do miraculous things through us this week. Help us to not sit idly by in our homes, but God, spur us on towards loving one another and towards good deeds. Help our faith not to be just talk, but to be action. Help us to go and to do the things that you have designed for us to do. God, thank you for your spirit. Thank you for your wisdom. Now here we go. God, send us. Thank you for the plans for our lives. We pray all these things in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.